So if we commence the night lighting a candle flame, and as the flame takes light and burns the paraffin, beeswax, or the substance, soy wax, perfume essences comprising the candle, until the fuel is gone, <clears throat> we have fire, the substance of earth, the atmosphere all around that candle and flame. We have the water in the atmosphere, within the earth. All of the elements are present, and yet the human being has commenced the night, not only breathing, but embodying through the gesture of one's cells an action of aspiration. From the past of the honeybees from which this beeswax comes, or the paraffin in the earth and its petroleum products from which this paraffin comes, or the accumulated essences to give fragrance to the candle as it burns, or the match, or the cotton, or historically the cotton and lead of the wick. We draw together substances which have existed in another form to create a candle and then to light this candle in sentiment from our hearts and souls and the daily bread, the work of our bodies and those of other human beings and other creatures and of the elements themselves to go from eternity to eternity. What is our prayer? Who are we? What are we being and doing? Well, we are a seed of eternity, dwelling in eternity, entering eternity. Anything else we do when we forget that sentiment is maya. It's considered a, a partial illusory aspect of the mother or the daughter or the sister or the feminine within us, within our mother herself, within the earth herself. And it's considered that we're not quite clear where we're coming from, who we are, or where we're going. So there's a beautiful South Asian prayer in the Hindu and Jain traditions that from the holy we want to turn to the holy from that, we turn to that. From that which is pure, we turn to seek and be answered, we hope, by that which is pure. From that which is blessed or holy, we turn to that direction, hoping to have come from that direction, restored to dwell within that direction always, for the sake of that direction to be realized. So in the contented place, in the very heart of hearts, where the still point of eternity exists within one, it is undisturbed in eternity, if that is one's directional attention and living prayer. The mystery is what we go through historically in the present and into the projected temporal future so that 
eternity might be realized within one. We study the story of heroes so that we might become a hero. We also study them regarding how that hero avoided harm on a temporal level. How did he do this? What did she do so that she would prevail? How did they succeed to live as hero? Or were they sacrificed? And we look at the gesture of the sacrifice itself as heroic. Actually, the essence of the being is a continuum which no one can take from you or me or us. That would be our study. How do we live from this place? How are we undisturbed from this place? And so we tend to turn from this place to protect the next moment. What do I do so that I'm not attacked or argued with? Or, oh, that person won the fight. Or they'll discuss that they won the fight. This is what I did, and I won. But actually, there's no winner in eternity. It's the realization of living from the pure or the innocent or the wise place in one's heart and soul beyond all violence so that one exists as a creature of heaven, a son or daughter, a person of heaven on earth, and before and after to seek that sentiment realized. So let's go to the sense of history and the future in time. What happens in our lives is we tend to remember back safely. This is how I know myself safely going back to my conception or birth. This is how I know my parent or I don't know my parent or how I know you going safely back. And we tell partial stories of what happened so that we survive to this moment and hopefully into the next moment on a temporal level, the level of us which was conceived and born and is alive and will eventually die. We hope that the shell of that will survive until we know what to do or until great old age. And we wish this for others, but we tend to hold it that we wish it more for ourselves, not always. Or some people say, I'll sacrifice myself to save everyone else. But what we're not paying attention to is what is God doing in all of his or her names, that great one's names? Or what is that doing, the, the cosmos, the universe? What is that being and doing from the past, in this present moment, into eternity, so that I in my heart of hearts might be attuned to that still point of eternity realized? When we go to this direction, it's mysterious and very innocent, a childlike or sweet quality, which is receptive, and then enacts in the next moment the realization of yourselves taking a sip of water or regarding the evening sky as you light your candle, or lying in bed listening for a bird song at dawn, or in those hours before, oh, there's the song of the first bird of the morning, of the energy 
of this day of the present. And then in our hearts and souls, if we can turn to the sentiment of history and begin our day in birdsong with a living prayer that everything about our temporal experience be recapitulated, resolved, back into eternity. We might remember a kindness or a slight by another human being. Oh, yes, that sweet gesture from that one. Ah, oh, that place that was painful for me from that one. Ah, oh, yes. And we restore the inner alignment of our heart of hearts and our souls in our incarnation through all of the history we can sentimentally remember and in good faith all of the history which we cannot remember. Going back to conception all the way forward to this moment and again we can say that prayer going all the way back through history wherever we have ever been as a soul whatever we have ever done as a soul, however we expressed ourselves of God in the most mysterious way. Some people believe in reincarnation. Others don't believe that at all. Some people don't believe we exist before we're conceived. Some people believe we exist going on forever and ever. Some people believe it's a certain period of time and space. That place of the mind can reflect sentimentally and then allow ourselves to feel sentimentally and to live sentimentally but the still point of eternity in the heart of hearts and deep in the soul is quietly within that mystery so that we are remembering to embody heaven through every cell in this moment Remembering ourselves as one thread of grace on the loom of God. And then in this moment, I let the heavens weave me this way on that great loom of all beings of all creation, just as myself, just the signature of myself. We take the next breath and we face eternity toward the future. And then my candlelight, my listening to the bird song, has me in the direction of eternity this night or this dawn morning. As I face eternity in the mysteries of what has not come to pass yet in time. And we recapitulate letting go of all the argument and armoring and justification of self-importance or worthlessness or humiliation or intensity of uh, pride, hubris. And we start to find that there is a hopeful and curious state within us that is open to eternity in the next moment. And there is more than just ourselves. And we are vulnerable to being touched by the divine all everywhere, all around us, and from within all beings. This would be home. It's always been home. 
We're just too frightened to live side by side in heaven on earth. That's all. So when one has the courage to turn within, let us say, and turn without, not just in space, one's home or homelessness or room or apartment or vehicle, the earth, one's clothing or lack of clothing, one's possessions or lack of possessions. When one goes, oh my goodness, I was only addressing space. All of this stuff or the lack of stuff. The material plane or the lack of my own possession in the material plane. When one allows that to be part of the domain. Oh yes, we were fighting over space. Whose land is this anyway? Who does this belong to? We even extrapolate this to other human beings. And who do you belong to? And who do I belong to? We argue over past and present and future enslavement on literal levels of monetary selling in the marketplace and on levels of using and misusing ourselves and one another in the usury of trade unfairly. If I do this to you, I'll get everything. If you do this to me, you'll make a thousand times what I do, and you'll win, and I'll lose, and I'll be a victim, and you'll be a predator. It's all space. This is all about a concept that the material plane is an argument of self-projection and reaction. Let us go to a mystical view from all of the world's faith traditions, which is that creation would be of the divine. Somehow, the manifestation of God in whatever he or she or they or it is named to be, and that it is our human responsibility to caretake this creation and one another. When we turn in such a way, we are really listening to time. What am I to do upon this land? What am I to do in this space at this moment? So if Anna Akhmatova came from both Russian and Ukrainian heritage, what was she to do walking upon an aspect of land that might be named Ukrainian and another that might be named Russian? Well, she had the great state of a relatively neutral reception of regarding a person stealing bread, another person baking bread, and another person trying to grow a field of grains from a very small uh, bag of seeds. So her awareness tended to be, ah, oh, the thief who is hungry for wheat or rye. The person trading too much money for that wheat or rye. The person so wistful that there's not quite enough wheat or rye seed to grow enough for even 10 loaves of bread in the future. The thief of the past, 
the person perseverating in the present, the person lamenting the inadequacy of seed for the next late spring season. She was very aligned with time. And so when one brings one's attention to time, what occurs that's quite difficult for almost everyone is allowing the recapitulation of what has not been easy for you historically. And this is what I'd like you to bring to your candle flame is say, I'm going to light a candle, whether you physically light a candle or just do so in your prayers and thoughts and emotions and how you cherish yourself as a human being. I'm going to light this candle within myself, asking the divine to bring forward all that I need to recapitulate or resolve and integrate that is my history, that which is known to me, that which is unknown, that which is conscious, that which is not conscious. I'm going to bring forward and give into heaven, recapitulating my entire family, all of my relatives from my family of origin, parents, grandparents, ancestors, immediate family, present, going all the way back in history. I'm going to offer into that candle flame all human beings, historically. May all human beings recapitulate and resolve our history, that in this present moment, our breath, our living prayer for the human race is that we be remembered completely back into God, back into the cosmos, and taking the next breath are here, myself, those of us in relationship as family, as friends, excuse me, and all of humankind throughout the world. Argument begins to fall away from us. Chronic irritation and disturbance. We've learned to know so much about our world through projecting and declaring that nothing is enough for us. Instead of seeking oneness, we've learned to try to create a little prison around ourselves as if we would make a, a barbed wire that made us safe because it was so prickly to everybody else. And so the mystery of the oneness from which we all come has been lost in the subterfuge of hatred and violence which are not real in terms of eternity. They're just part of the strata of the fields of war, which we were giving attention to. And they're all underlaid by the fields of the Lord. Oh my goodness. We here were walking across the fields covered by poppies in World War I, and then with mud and blood and hatred. Oh, and then replanted again and then more warfare, and then oh, replanted again. I promise you, for every bullet one could fight in another human being, I've yet to find a person who can be a living poppy or rose. Not one person I know. Not myself, surely. 
And yet one little coquelicot, the French word for the little red poppies of Western Europe, one little coquelicot can come up in the spring in Western Europe is nothing like it. Astonishingly beautiful. White poppies in different parts of the world. Blue poppies. Orange, yellow. The fields of the Lord. When we turn to another human being, if we would study the love which would allow us to take care of the poppies together, we would all know what to do. Oh, from eternity through time, the human family I am part of has learned how to be a veritable garden of heaven on earth. Then the contentment in the very center of the heart and soul is sublime, natural, your signature and mine, a bouquet together, And the mystery we are seeking is revealed through you and you and you and you and me. Oh, this is the way home to eternity. Not the mire or illusion of argument, but the pristine dimension of the divine feminine as our mother home. And the inspired devotion of the sacred father within us and all around us in the masculine principles, also protectively seeing us home, shepherding us home. When you turn then to the future and you are in that promise of recapitulating your history, you are willingly turning toward a peaceful or harmonious existence, this moment into the next and the next. May I be protected in all ways. May I safely walk my pathway home to that Holy of Holies. May that teach me, inspire me, and mentor me through all the gestures I am to embody as a human being so that one is in an intimacy with the divine, walking homeward into eternity. What does this feel like? And in the nuances of sentiment which turn away from the safety that that might be so, are simply the places where one has learned to be in re reaction from the past. Oh no, there was a war, there must be another. There was hatred there, there must be more. If we go from one scar to another to another, we start becoming just a scarred being. If we recognize to be careful and discerning that from the soul and heart we are to study wisdom, I am to be careful of the winter, that I know how to caretake my family through that season. Hence the story of the Yupik Eskimo going out from May through October catching and drawing and smoking salmon. And as I noted, how shall the Yupik now and the northern Eskimo also and other tribal groups in these remote areas, how shall one live if the salmon are not there? 
what is the nature of how we are to respond to our Yupik family across the northern parts of our world. In prayer, candle flame, atmosphere, earth, water, that we all find our way together as this climate transforms. Where there is inadequate food from Madagascar to Alaska, how do we stand? And rather than dealing with greed and power, deal with the reality of creation. How shall my Yupik sister and my Madagascar brother find their way today as I light my candle? Entering the night, as I listen to the bird song of the next morning. This manner of prayer and practice in eternity, from eternity through this moment into eternity, allows the transcendental or clear light of reality to move through one, un undisturbed, unadulterated. One can then bring in a prayer of the Christ force or to remembering a statement of Moses or a concept of the mercy of Allah or a domain of Guru Nanak from the Sikh tradition or moving through walking down a mountain to stop at a waterfall as Lao Tzu did several thousand years ago. One is embodying the breath of God through one's heart of hearts, one's soul, into the cells of one's body as life itself. And then where does eternity and this moment separate? It does not. And that simple ecstatic existence, that place within each being is our home. That's your home. That's my home. Every breath, every moment, one renders this possible for all human beings to the best of one's ability. That would be who one is in eternity and in this moment and everywhere and always. There's a story from the Greek and Roman traditions. It also permeates parts of Eastern, the Eastern Mediterranean. There was a, a boy who was leaving childhood and turning to his young adult years, and his name was Narcissus. He was known for being exceptionally beautiful in his physical presentation, his face, the curls of his hair, the color of his eyes, the form of his physique. And so as he turned from boyhood to the puberty in which he was becoming a, a grown man, he would find someone falling in love with him. Maybe they could be together. Maybe he and uh, a nymph or woman could have a child together. And Narcissus would reject all of the people who sought any kind of a conversation with him about sentiment. Narcissus, you and I. Narcissus, you and I. And he was unable to find eternity in any other human being. He just kept looking until he could see his own reflection. 
there in the still pond, look at me. I am so beautiful. Look at my curls today and my eyebrows, the shape of my lips, my cheekbones, my shoulder, the color of my skin. He was not listening for birdsong. He was not turning to the evening star. He just kept projecting his own countenance everywhere until there was nothing left to answer him back. And so he was turned in a merciful gesture by the gods into a certain flower, which is called historically a narcissus. It's a, a small form of daffodil with an extraordinarily beautiful fragrance. It comes in several colors. It's most often a, a white with a yellow center or a very, very pale ivory color. And so within one's own heart and soul, it's very important that one turn all the aspects narcissus-like in oneself back into eternity. As I remember going past in history, may all the places where I was self-absorbed, self-intoxicated, insisted, but this is what happened, don't you know it's your fault? Don't you know what a victim I have been? Don't you realize that they were wrong, he was wrong, she was wrong, it was me. It's about me, 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 me. If instead we allow all of this to go back into the divine and find within our heart and soul a more neutral alignment, wherein we have studied discernment so that there might begin to occur wisdom, allowing another being, kind or cruel, and ourselves, kind or cruel, as we take our breath in the present moment and face the evening or the morning, candle flame, the light of heaven, bird song, the sound of the heavens. Oh, my life as I come from the past into the present and I face the future, not particularly self-important, not victimized and difficult either. In humility, receptive, in dignity as noble and virtue as I am able. Then on the loom of God, rather than becoming Narcissus-like, we are more like the perfume of the Narcissus flower, this beautiful, deep fragrance. I first experienced Narcissus flowers when I was a young woman in the New York City area, and my mother and I were in Manhattan, and the fragrance was just astonishing to me. And then she and I discussed that people would buy the bulbs, the, the beer bulbs. They're about the size of half of my fist if I draw my hand together, my fingers and hand together. The, the bulbs are about a th maybe a third to half the size of my fist. And one could, in the Western Hemisphere, purchase them very, very inexpensively and buy perhaps three of them and plant them as a cluster in a, in a bowl of water 
with little rocks until they would come forward, the tall green shoots of their leaves springing up, and then several weeks later, the flowers coming forward. In the wintertime, in the cold months of the Northeast where I grew up, they were incredibly beautiful, fragrant, evocative of the subject I'm speaking of today for me. I studied classics very deeply as a young woman, so I loved the sense that we were going beyond the Narcissus and looking at something out here that was beautiful in a way beyond what a human being could be. This flower that young man turned into. So Anak Madhava, in her last months, as she turned very deeply, just as several people who knew her, including Anatoly Naiman, he went to make sure her papers were in order. And then one day he stopped and he bought a bunch of Narcissus blossoms and he carried them to the hospital where she was being cared for. When he arrived, he found that he was too late. Akhmadova had gone into eternity. A light blanket was laid upon her, so he walked into the room and came in and sat beside her, could not see her, but her form was there. She was present beside him. He was present beside her. Her heart and soul had gone into eternity. Her love for him there to receive the perfumed holiness of that beautiful bouquet of Narcissus. His soul there so lovingly presenting it to her and writing it to us so that we might speak of this so many years later. May that perfume of holiness witnessed in both of those courageous beings be part of the loom of God we all are upon, one great weaving, our ancestors that we turn, breathing, contemplating, living, working that our history is resolved into the present in grace and the study that allows us a realization of wisdom applied beyond all hostility, beyond all warfare. That the fruits moving to be our signature from the present into the future, into eternity, become just as the perfume of holiness of all flowers throughout the cosmos, your signature and mine being two of those as one in the holiness of God.